Midnight Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Out Live, we'll be featuring Jim Dalrymple of The Loop at loopinsight.com. We'll then hear from Peter Cohen. He also works with The Loop and also imore.com. All this and much, much more on the Tech Night Out Live. We have Jim Dalrymple of The Loop at loopinsight.com. He's the one who gives you those pithy one-word comments to explain things that might be happening from Apple. So I have to ask you for a few yes or no answers here before we get moving. (laughs) Okay. Will there be an iPad event this month to introduce newer models? You know, I'm I'm thinking that there will be. I mean, it it would make sense that the iPad would be released this month because that's what they did last year. That's not a, a, a thing to go by uh, necessarily, but the holiday shopping season is coming up and, you know, Apple likes to release new products around that time. They released the iPhone in September and, you know, all their new products ramp up around this time of year. So it would make sense to me that there would be one. But you have no secret knowledge. No more than you do. Do you expect the next iPad mini to have a retina display? That's a good question. I, I honestly have no idea about that. We would all like it to have a, a retina display, but because the screen is, is smaller than the regular iPad, it's actually not a bad reading experience without a retina. It's on everybody's wish list, including mine, uh, because things just look sharper. They look better on a on a retina display, even when you look back at the old iPhone and then compare it to an iPhone 4 when it got the retina. It's a pretty stark difference, you know, so I'm hoping it will. I think it's an issue of cost, but then we have people who compete with Apple who already have retina displays in their smaller tablets. So Apple might be pushed into this one way or the other. And that's a good point. I mean, you know, there there is the question of competition, but I think the bigger question is, is Apple sales suffering uh, because they don't have a retina display? And, and based on the numbers, I, I don't think that you could say that sales are, are really suffering uh, for iPads. Except they were down of the last quarter over the previous year. Well, you know, that could be that uh, the rumors say that iPads you know, could be coming out at any time. And people listen to the rumors instead of, um, you know, some common sense. Well, there is no common sense in the tech field. Let me talk <laughs> about common sense here before I ask you other questions. We have this comment from the one, the only, what's the guy's name? Schmidt from yes. Google. <laughs> we don't want to mention his name. Okay. So he says that Google's Android platform is more secure than iOS. And when he gave this comment, people laughed. Did he not feel embarrassed? What does Eric Schmidt believe? He can't believe that. He really can't. I mean, this was an analyst conference, if I'm not mistaken, and it was an analyst asking him the question, and people laughed at him when he said that that it's more secure than the iPhone, And, and rightfully so. Because every test, every study out there shows that, what is it, about 98% of, of malware and, and uh, those types of, of security issues are on Android. And he says it's more secure. Come on. 
It's like saying Windows is is more secure than Mac OS ten. It's it's just not true. You know, he could have said a lot of things. He could have said we're working on security and security is important to us. He could have said a lot of things, but to just outright lie, you know, and have have the audience laugh at you. I mean, that must have been bad. And the the other part is that he couldn't back it up. He couldn't say well, according to this study, or you know, he couldn't say anything. All he said is, well, we have this many activations, and you know, we're proud of Android. Well, <laughs> so what? Well, the thing is here, if people asked him, how many of those activations are tablets below $150? How many of those smartphone activations are phones that sell for $99 in Asia? Yeah, I, I, Google and its, and its partners are... Uh, don't usually give out too much in the way of numbers. Are there numbers now as to how much money they actually physically make from the platform? I, I don't believe so. I, I don't think that they would make you know a whole lot from the platform, to be honest. Well, certainly they're losing money because of the fact that Apple introduced Maps for iOS. And we, of course, heard about all the criticisms with iOS 6, I don't hear the same number of criticisms for Maps for iOS 7, but Google was making money from having a mapping application now that, what, two-thirds of iOS users use Apple's mapping application. That's got to be a lot of money lost. And also the fact that Apple is more and more moving content elsewhere. So Siri is using Bing, not Google. It's all money lost to uh, to Google, and that is the problem with that type of of uh, a business model. You know, uh, Google relies on on having your data and knowing as much about you as humanly possible, as much as information as they can they can scrape and get by. That's what they need in order to make money because they show you ads and they they have you know these apps. That show you ads. Google's whole business is ads, and you know when when somebody like Apple takes you out of the mix so that your ads aren't being shown and Siri isn't using your search engine, that hurts. There's what uh, uh, you know. There, there's there's somewhere in the vicinity of a, a half a billion iOS devices out there, or more now, and you know not having access to to those people, that's huge for Google. You know, to lose that and, and in its place, you know, Bing is being used and Apple is using its own Maps application and Maps is getting better all the time. I use it uh, because it works and I use it because it's it's the default. You know, you go in and, and you do a, a search on Siri and say, you know, we're, take me to the nearest gas station. And she comes up with, um, you know, some options and you say, yes, this one. And it takes you right into Maps. I, and it works. So why wouldn't I use that? I downloaded Google Maps when they released it for iOS, but um, I didn't find it so much better that I would switch from from Apple's Maps. I mean, Google did have a lead in, in that, but you know, a lot of people will use the default applications, whatever they happen to be. The other thing to bear in mind here is that the media still doesn't report that when you launch the Google Nav app on Android or you run it on iOS, it warns you it's a beta and that Google is not responsible if the directions you receive are wrong. <laughs> but, but please click on this ad. 
Something like that. <laughs> yeah. You think about that. What that means. Of course, Apple should have done that with Maps for iOS 6. I think if they had a big beta label and a big invitation for users of iOS to report to Apple errors, they'd feel they were part of the process, not the victims of the process. Yes, that's a good point. You know, Apple has been, I think that they've been very open about the mistakes that they made with, with Maps. I mean, obviously, they had the best of intentions with Maps. They didn't, they didn't want to, uh, you know, make bridges disappear and make airports non-existent. Well, it depends uh, on your point of view. Well, I suppose. <laughs> I suppose. I mean, you know, what the, the first uh, release of Maps was not great. Now, for normal run-of-the-mill directions, it worked fine for me. Yes, it you know, did. And as a matter of fact, it worked fine for me, too. Yeah, but this has to be made to work. It. Otherwise, we'll have a bigger problem. A little bit later on the Tech Night How Live, we'll be featuring Peter Cohen. He's one of Jim's colleagues over at The Loop at LoopInsight.com, and he also works at iMore.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Hi, this is Gary Cooper with Midas Resources, Gold and Silver. Government shutdown, inept politicians, entitlements, looming Obamacare. The death of the U.S. dollar as a global reserve currency is what nobody wants to acknowledge. We have a debt bubble that cannot be paid and will eventually crash the dollar. If you're concerned about keeping your money, why not consider storing your wealth in gold and silver? Call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 130. Together, we'll discuss your options of buying gold and silver. Again, the global elite have plans for your money, and it doesn't include you. So call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 130, and we'll discuss your options of buying precious metals. Also, I can send you information on how you can roll over your IRA or 401k into a precious metal IRA. Again, don't get caught with money in your account when the dollar crashes. Call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237. 37 extent to 130. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. 
But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products. Most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. Not all protein powders are created equal. One World Way is the first cold temperature processed, 100%, all-natural, unrefined, bioactive, grass-pasture-raised milk whey protein. Far from being another ordinary protein supplement, One World Way is a full-spectrum nutrition power food in and of itself, providing overall life-building benefits that touch virtually every human's life that other protein supplements don't deliver on. What are the benefits? Boosts the immune system, anti-aging properties, helps detoxification, helps lose body fat, supports excellent blood sugar levels, excellent for building muscle, increases in energy levels, enhances the feelings of youth, energy for exercise and recovery. Who's it for? Anyone wanting to feel healthy and have energy. Busy people, office workers, growing children, students, teachers, seniors, people recovering from illness, and high-performance athletes. Call 888-988-3325. Or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorldWhey.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at TechNightOwl.com. That's news at TechNightOwl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.TechNightOwl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. Jim Dalrymple of the Loop at LoopInsight.com joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Let's return ever so briefly to Eric Schmidt telling everybody how secure the Android platform was. So the question that they didn't ask him is, well, then why do people buy so much security software? on the Android platform if it's safe? Well, it's a good question, isn't it? You know, I I think these are questions that they can't answer. There there is no answer for them. It's not like they don't want to answer. There is no answer. So I, I don't know. They don't ever ask those questions at these meetings. You know, they ask very softball questions. But that's true with a lot of the media. They let people get away with silly talking points. And it's not just corporate executives. It is people in politics, especially people in politics where you want to hold these, you want to hold their feet to the fire. Instead, you let them repeat the fixed talking point and you don't interrupt and say, can you answer the question directly without a talking point? And that will throw off their programming completely. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that kind of stuff. They, they try and, and get by as best they can. And and the fact is, I mean, you could see in the in the story last night about Smith, he tried to get to get by the the questions that were being asked of him uh, by talking about activations and you know things like that, and and he couldn't. Everybody saw that he just doesn't have an answer, you know, and 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 that's that's unfortunate for Google because 
if they can't answer those types of questions, they shouldn't be out talking about it. You know, Eric Smith has a, has a history of, of saying things like this that generally people don't believe. And, you know, it's it doesn't do Google any good to have him out talking about things that, you know, make Google less believable. Well, he's supposed to be representing the company and its image. Yeah. The other question, of course, that people might ask is, okay... What about, for example, the fact that companies like Samsung, which is probably the largest seller of Android gear, hardly mention Android in their product information? Yeah. And, and they're getting away from that. You know, it's, it's not a situation anymore where, where people are saying, okay, we have this, this Android phone. No, they're saying we have this phone. You and know, look at and, all the junk we've put on this phone. Yeah. Isn't that spectacular? That's Well, yeah, you have that, too. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? I don't know. I had the Galaxy S4 in here for a few months, and everything I wanted to do took longer to do (laughs) because they've got so many impediments. There is no consistency in the user interface. Now, people complain about iOS 7 being somewhat ragged, and I suppose part of that is because it is a major upgrade and with major upgrades you have to fix a few things along the way i guess the parallax problem or the zoom causing people to have motion sickness that sort of thing but we don't have motion gate yet do we no yeah i've talked to uh, a couple of people that found it to be uh, a bit of a problem not significant but a bit of a problem but the majority of the people that i talked to said i don't get it where where's the issue you know so it's not something that's that's widespread it's something that a few people who are sensitive to that issue you know you remember back when uh, peter gabriel's uh video came out i think it was sledgehammer uh, this may have been back in the 90s it may have been the 80s even may have been the 80s that ages um, us my friend <laughs> uh yes it does <laughs> Um, when that video came out, people were, were having seizures from watching the video. They um, were? So, why? Uh, I don't the, remember this. Maybe I missed some of the scuttlebutt because yeah, I didn't be, really care about the song other than being rather silly. The video moved uh, so fast and in, in so many different ways that it caused people to have seizures. And the, they, they were people that were sensitive to those types of, of movements uh, that it affected didn't affect me. It didn't affect uh, anybody that I knew. And I, I, I think that it's kind of like the, the same type of of thing. You know, with the, the motion, it does affect some people that are sensitive to it. Uh, but the majority of the people, it, it doesn't affect at all. Now, there is an option called reduce motion in the accessibility preferences of iOS 7, which I presume just deals with the parallax stuff. It doesn't deal with the zooming. Right. So do you think that maybe in a future release, Apple should add another checkbox or button there to reduce zoom effects just because some people are going to be impacted? Yeah. Yeah, that would probably... I mean, you. there's no way that you can please everybody, but if there's an issue that is is making people sick or their stomach turns because of the movement, then, you know, I'm sure that that Apple will will try and any company would try and alleviate those concerns for those users. I, I would think that they'd be able to do that. And, it should and be, be easy because right now they do that automatically, for example, if you're using an iPhone 4, 
the visual effects are sharply reduced because it doesn't have the graphics hardware. So that is an off switch in there. It's something that says if it's got this processor, it goes this way. So it shouldn't be a big deal to add a little button that does the same thing. No, you're you're absolutely right. Um, I'm, I'm thinking it's a trivial issue, and I kind of suspect Apple will get to it real soon. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, if it's just a matter of putting a, a preference in there, then um, they'll get to it in, in an update. Looking over iOS 7, what about it do you find needs fixing? That's an interesting question. I started using iOS 7 as my main mobile OS around mid-August, 1st of August. So about a month, month and a half before the iPhone was released and iOS 7 was released. I get used to it very quickly. I mean, you know, I had the same types of feelings that other people did about the design and about, uh, you know, the way that they were doing things in a, in a flatter kind of way and, and not so flashy uh, with with the skeuomorphic designs and, and things like that. But I get used to it a lot quicker than what I thought I would. There's still a couple of things like calendar and address book that I think are still a bit too stark for, for my liking. But those aren't the rule. Those, those are the exceptions. The majority of the OS, I think, works very, very well. When you think about Apple and design, you think about details. Apple always thinks about details. That's kind of what, what we like about Apple and what we see from them is that they, they think of every little thing. And when you look at the zooming effects and, and the parallax and you know some of these things that are going on in the OS, you realize that Apple is still focused on the details, just not in the same places that they were before. I think that's a, a huge point when looking at what iOS does, because people are talking about the design and talking. Some people like the old one better than the new one. I actually loaded up my, my wife's iPhone uh, to, to upgrade it to iOS 7. I looked at it, and it was on iOS, the latest version of iOS 6, and I thought, wow, th- this isn't very nice after all. And when I look back, I... I, I didn't really like it. I find the new one much cleaner. And while it doesn't have the felt on the, the game center and things like that, it's still much easier to read and much easier to work with. We have Jim Dalrymple of The Loop at loopinside.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. G-C-N. Great talk radio starts here. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com. 
If you owe the IRS back taxes, listen carefully. Sweeping changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever eliminate their tax debts once and for all. And now I can help you reduce or eliminate your tax debts and end your tax nightmare. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I've helped thousands of people reduce and eliminate tax debts they couldn't pay. And after more than 30 years of experience dealing with the IRS, I can tell you there's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. And with the IRS's new policies, it's easier than ever to put your tax debt behind you once and for all. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. Call 800-346-6829. Learn how I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. And the winner of fallback pricing is... You. The results are in from Freeze Dry Guy's You Be the Boss, Tell Us What You Want Us to Put on Sale campaign. After getting phone calls, emails, blog, and Facebook comments, nominating your favorite freeze-dried foods and dehydrated foods, you the people, you the bosses have spoken. We the staff at Freeze Dry Guy have listened, as we've done since 1970. So now, one item and one entire line of food are on special sale until the end of October. The entire line of popular non-GMO and gluten-free foods are 20% off. The Family First Responders Kit, loaded with delicious freeze-dried foods like hearty beef stew, lasagna, and mouth-watering strawberries, is roughly 30% off. Go to freezedryguy.com. That's freezedryguy.com to order or call 866-404-3663, 866-404-FOOD, and make your own deal. Thank you, boss. You are now in the crosshairs. The NSA and the FBI are treating you like a criminal and monitoring your every move. Ron Paul said recently, the evidence of the totalitarian nature of this government is on display undeniably every day. What's taking place right now is a coup and the destruction of the Constitution. Fortunately, there is something you can do about it. Learn how to be invisible, lock down your privacy, and even disappear forever. Go to privacylockdown.com to learn how. That's privacylockdown.com. Are you someone who forges your own trail? Are you a pioneer with the need to homestead your self-reliant entrepreneur spirit? If so, RF Bunker has a franchise opportunity for you. RF Bunker is the fastest-growing emergency and survival retail store in the United States. RF Bunker franchise opportunities are leading the way for business-minded heroes seeking adventure in owning and operating their own emergency supply and survival store. Visit rfbunker.com or call 866-623-2932. This offer is not being directed to any resident of the register-required states. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. Jim Dalrymple of The Loop at LoopInsight.com tells you he likes iOS 7. We all expect Apple will continue to have bug fixes to take care of the worst of it. Now, as far as the iPhone 4, I'm gathering from Ars Technica and also an article from my friend Rob Pecorero at USA Today that performance is noticeably slower on an iPhone 4. Maybe not quite acceptable? It's funny. I've heard both sides of this story from people that are using it on a 4. And the the iPhone 4 is the last model that iOS 7 is compatible with. So it's at the very low end of the scale. 
And I've had um, a number of people say that putting iOS 7 on their, their iPhone 4 made it feel like a brand new phone and they didn't really need to upgrade because they, they were happy with, with what they have. And I've heard other people say that the 4 is, is too slow for them. I, I think it's the way that, that the person uses the phone. If you have a power user that puts it on, um, uh, puts iOS 7 on an iPhone 4, yeah, it might be a bit slow for them. But the average user, my daughter has a, a 4S that she has it on, which is, you know, mid range in, in iOS 7 compatibility. And she's perfectly happy. She's happy with, uh, with iOS 7 and, and the, the 4S. So I don't have a 4 that I put it on, but I did have a 4S and, you know, I, I think you and I would probably, probably many people listening to the show uh, may say, well, that's, that's too slow for me. I would need a 5 or a 5S or a 5C, but not everybody is, uh, it follows tech every day like we do. You know, they may not have the same, the same uses that we do. And I think some things to be considered here also, the fact that I expect there is an adaptive period of iOS 7. I mean, if it's going to schedule requests for background refresh of apps and stuff like that, that has to be done based on your experience. It doesn't happen the first day of install. It happens after a few days, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, there's there's all kinds of things that you have to be aware of. You know, it's funny, people, there's always a consequence for, for action. And people want their information right away. You know, they want the apps to, to refresh in the background, and, and that's what they see. They see the information coming in. But there's an effect on battery life because of that. So then, you know, they want the battery to be better. And, you know, one of the ways to do that is to, to adjust your, your screen, uh, the, the brightness of your screen, manually do that, and adjust uh, background refresh for some apps, which can be done in the settings. And that saves more battery, but then you're not getting your information all at once. So, you know, you have this cause and effect going on uh, with everything that you do. And it's not just Apple that uh, that this happens with. Obviously, it's, it's everything. You know, if you want to turn your brightness all the way up and have background app refresh on and have all this stuff going on in your phone, your battery is going to wear out. Uh, so, you know, it doesn't matter if it's an iPhone 4 or an iPhone 5S. It's going to happen. The other thing is, it's possible as things go on, Apple may find ways to boost performance a little bit, make things a bit more intelligent, especially for the iPhone 4 and the 4S. I gather they're still selling the iPhone 4 in Asia? I, I'm, I'm not really sure. They, they have uh, one model of, is it the 4S that, they're, that they still have out there, or the 4? Well, the 4S is still being sold here in major countries. Right. I had read the iPhone 4, the one from 2010, is still available in some places. I, I hadn't heard that. I assume maybe that this could have been just a situation of they had some inventory, they want to just get rid of what they have. I have no idea. But I think if there's a demand for it, they may just continue producing it. Because you've got to think that a 2010 smartphone of any other company is going to be a whole lot worse. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be it's going to be different, you know, uh, and, and that's I, I talk to developers all the time and, and you do as well. And, and one of the questions that I often get is, what should I do for for compatibility? 
should I make it iOS 7 only, or uh, should I go back a few versions of the iOS? And I always tell them to make the best app that you can. If that, if that means that you can only support the latest OS, do it. If you can do the best app you can and, and still support legacy OSs, okay. But the fact is, most people will move ahead in their OS uh, from iOS 6 to iOS 7 right away because the majority of devices that are out there are supported by it. So, you know, it's it's going to be different for each person and, and different for what apps they use and what they use and the hardware that they have. There's so many variables in there that it's it's hard to even uh, imagine what could be cause difficulties. All right. Now, as far as any of the criticisms we've heard about the iPhone 5S especially, about the security, for example. Yes. Okay, so therefore we can break into the fingerprint sensor. We can use a plastic cast or something or a 3D picture of somebody's fingerprint. Therefore, it's no good. Well, you know, I, I, I hate to say this. I really do. But... I didn't have a security code on my phone. And I should have. I really should have. I got all your data last time I had it in my hands. <laughs> it's all in my possession. I have it in a locked box <laughs> with a social security trust fund. Oh, sorry. It's, it's, it's wrong not to have a security password on your phone. It really is. Um, but I didn't because it was, it was just too much of a hassle. And and it's it's such a terrible thing to to admit to, but it was such a hassle to type in that four digit uh, security code every time I wanted to check my phone. Now I have the fingerprint, and I I just tap on the home button and I'm into my phone. But if somebody else taps on the home button, they can't get in. They would need that four digit security code. And you know I hear people talking about ways that you can get around. Um, the fingerprint sensor and, and all of this kind of stuff. The fact is, if somebody wants your iPhone, they're going to get it. I mean, if you look at the, there was a, um, a security firm a couple of weeks ago that said, oh, yes, we, we broke the security thing, but they were in very controlled environment. They took a fingerprint lift off of something that, you know, they made the fingerprint, so it was very, uh, very good. Uh, print. They were able to, you know, take the print off of there, and uh, that's not going to happen in the real world unless you're working in the CIA or something. Yeah, you know, this is th- interesting, and we should point this out here. The fact of the matter is that you can't just get a fingerprint unless you physically have the phone and lift the fingerprint. You know, I I, I think it's interesting that they were able to to successfully do that. Sure. And, and, you know, if you're a spy, maybe that's something you have to be worried about. But the average person, if somebody wants your iPhone, they're going to get your iPhone. And, and the fingerprint would make it a lot more difficult for them to sell it because now it's locked to an account and it's got the fingerprint on it. And, you know, you can't do uh, some things. To, you know, you, you basically have to, to really want that phone in order to to get it. And if they do, they're going to get it. The fingerprint sensor isn't going to make a difference. Now, 
if you're sitting at a restaurant and somebody picks up your phone and starts looking through it, you know, that's that's a different thing because a fingerprint sensor will will allow that type of security. So it to tell people, which some some media have been doing, not to use the fingerprint sensor because it can be broken, that's just wrong. It's wrong for them to do that because people people should back up, you know, and they should use security. So you know, and this is coming from somebody that didn't. So, you know, I I knew when I was doing it that I was wrong. I was just frustrated like like many other users. So, you know, this is something that people need to do. I need to tell you this. This is the Tech Night Out Live. Our guest is Jim Dalrymple at the Loop at loopinsight.com. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right. General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these specials. A 14 by 21 foot shop for under 6,000 or a 50 by 100 for under 30,000. You heard right. That's 5,000 square feet under $30,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. Time and time again. You need to come here and help us. We need assistance. Please. Those we should be able to depend on let us down. Federal and state and local officials saying help is on the way. Will the folks here in Bell Harbor say show me? Don't depend on the government to save you. Take action now so that you're prepared for the next disaster with MyPatriotSupply.com. Get the best prices on storable food, non-GMO seeds, 
water filtration devices, home canning equipment, survival and self-reliance books, and more at MyPatriotSupply.com. Call 866-229-0927. We are hurting down here, and we need help immediately. Before it's time to survive, it's time to prepare. MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. Hi, my name is Scott Fuchs, teacher and rowing coach for over 14 years. I was sluggish, overweight, on prescription drugs, and only 30-something. Fortunately, I was referred to Dr. Z, and happy to say Dr. Z's all-natural protocols over a consistent course resolved my health issues. I'm in the best shape of my life, and most importantly, on zero medications. I'm Dr. Zdanowski, author of Evology, trained as a primary care physician, surgical manipulation under anesthesia, expert in nutrition, diet, weight loss, immune system, and I specialize in chiropractic. My 15 years of professional experience has taught me the four keys to vibrant health, a balanced muscular skeletal system, an integrated nervous system, a flowing lymphatic system, and a body filled with over 90 essential nutrients. This has been a secret too long. Actualize your potential, reverse disease. Call me, Dr. Z. 201-945-1177, evolveyourself.com. Do you know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. We have Jim Dalrymple of the Loop at LoopInsight.com. I'm Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Out Live. And we are having a great old time because we're exploring all sorts of current Apple scuttlebutt, looking at the future. Okay, let me ask you some more silly questions here. <laughs> okay, so we have heard here tell that the Golden Master version of OS X Mavericks was ceded to developers last week. 99 and 44% of the time, that's going to be it. That's going to be the one that people will be able to download. Do you expect it to happen next week? Do you expect it to happen the week after? When do you expect to see the actual download available? I don't know. That's that's a good question, too. Uh, um, Apple usually makes this stuff available when they're ready. I mean, if the GM is out, then you would have to think that in the next few weeks you would probably see it. They have no reason anymore to to keep it. You know, um, there there was a time, and you'll remember this very well, when Apple would have to finish the GM a month or so before they wanted to release it, so that they could. Uh, get it to to on C on DVDs and CDs. You remember that? Just crazy times. That's released uh, to manufacturing. That's what Microsoft calls it. Yes. Um, so they would re- release it to manufacturing, and they would print up all the the CDs or DVDs, and then they would have them available on launch day to to sell to customers. But Apple doesn't need that anymore because everything is just downloaded from. Uh, from the Mac App Store, so they can release anytime they want. You know, so anytime between now and when the next version of OS 10 comes, they can just pop it on the store and say, "Okay, here you go, it's done." All right, let's look a little bit further at what's going on in the tech world. Move over to Microsoft. They announced the Surface Two. 
<laughs> yes. Surface 2. Yeah. Who cares? Does anyone care about that? Nobody cares. And and that's that's the big problem with with the the Surface. You know, there there are tablets out there that people care about that people are buying and not just the the iPad although that's that's the largest, but there are there are others. Uh, the problem with the the Surface is that nobody is buying into Microsoft's strategy of having a desktop OS on a, a tablet, and that's the biggest thing. I mean, you can you can talk about iOS seven design and you may not like it, or the the iPhone design and you may not like it, but you know it works and and you'll buy it. But when nobody buys into your strategy of you know this is what we're going to do and here's the product. Um, you're in trouble, and Microsoft is in trouble with with this tablet strategy because they've they've put the the whole company behind this, and it's not working. And it's 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 not just me saying it's not working. The fact is, Microsoft had to take almost a billion dollars uh, in in write offs because they built the Surface and nobody bought it. You know, th- those are hard and fast numbers. Uh, you know, Microsoft said that they had to take. It was like nine hundred and eighty million dollar write off. They can't hide that. They can't hide that. And, and I mean, that's not me saying or, or you saying, "Oh, I don't like the Surface. I like the iPad better." This is Microsoft saying, "Okay, folks, <laughs> nobody bought this." So then they come out with the Surface Two. Um, I, I don't. There's no real big change in the strategy, and that's where I think uh, the problem lies for them. It's not the, the physical uh, surface. That may very well be good. It's the software that's on it. It's the strategy that they have uh, for people to use it. That's what's not working. And, and that is a, that's not an easy fix. I mean, if people didn't like a beveled design of, of your tablet, well, the next version, you take out the beveled design and you, know, you do something else. But you don't rework your your entire company strategy uh, to save yourself from this. Don't you know it, my friend? But that's another issue here too. There are questions here about the leadership. We know that Steve Ballmer is on his way out. That supposedly they're looking for his successor. But still, Bill Gates has a lot of power over at Microsoft as chairman of the board. Mm. Do you show him the door too, or persuade him that he must leave? Otherwise, it's just going to be the same old, same old. You know, I, I've got a lot of respect for Bill Gates. He, he's done some amazing things over his lifetime in the, the computer world. And I think it would be very sad uh, if, if the board forced him out. Um, you know, maybe that's what needs to happen. I, I don't know. But, you know, Bill is, uh, is an icon in, in the industry. And, you know, him and Steve fought, and him and Steve were friends, Steve Jobs. Um, but Bill did a lot. And it's, I, I don't blame what happened to Microsoft in the last 10 years on Bill Gates. I, I think that's, that's Balmer. You know, but to force Bill out, I think, would be a sad day. Well, certainly just because of his history with the well, company yeah. and the industry. You know, this guy is a star. No matter what you think of yep. what he did, the decisions he made, the ideas he had, he's still one of the early pioneers in the personal computing industry. Yeah, and then you, you, at that you same point, that. 
you have to think, is he past his time? You know, this is not the Microsoft that Bill Gates was running in the 90s. Far no, from it. And, and, you know, according to all reports, uh, Bill is focusing more of his time on, on his foundations and, and you know, uh, giving money away and, and doing all of these different things. And that's wonderful that he's doing that. And if his time at Microsoft is truly done, I would like Bill to say, you know what? I'm I'm finished. I'm done with this. I wouldn't want it to to appear like Bill was being forced out, like Balmer was. I mean, Balmer needed to be forced out, but he needed to be forced out ten years ago. Well, that's true, but of course they didn't pay attention. They didn't realize that. No. You know, right now they got that message, but Microsoft still has a strategy that they've undertaken. They are acquiring the handset division of Nokia. Yeah. All right. Now, if a new executive comes in there, are they going to interview him and say, before you come on to Microsoft, is this something you will approve? If not, you don't have to come here. Well, maybe. You know, Microsoft acquiring Nokia, I mean, it it, it makes sense because of their their partnership. But, um, you know, it it seems like a a last-ditch effort to me. You know, it's just, okay, we can't get anybody to make these products, so we're just going to buy the handset maker and make them ourselves. I I don't know that it'll work because, again, to me, it's not about the handset. Uh, We've seen reports that Nokia's handsets are very good. A lot of people really like Nokia. I used Nokia for years. Um, But it's the software. It's the experience that people don't like. And that's a problem. And it doesn't matter if you have a 41 megapixel camera. It does not. It absolutely does not. It's the experience that people have when they're using the device. And, you know, if that experience is, is bad for whatever reason, you are going to have bad things happen to your market. Blackberry. Blackberry. Okay. So right now, how long before that's a completely dead? Well, it's pretty much dead now. Um, you know, BlackBerry sold, or or a, a consortium bought BlackBerry for what was it, one point four billion dollars? Um, now, in that, that happened on a Monday of the launch weekend of the iPhone 5S and 5C. During that weekend, conservative estimates would, would say that Apple sold about $1.6 billion in phones over that three days. So Apple made more money in three days than what BlackBerry um, sold the company for. Think about that. Yeah. Okay, so now, now they, that, take it, they take it private. Yes. They pay a fire sale price for it. What do they do with it? Do they sell off the parts now to regain that investment? Well, I think that's all that's left. I mean, when you look at at what BlackBerry has, I think the patents are probably their biggest asset. And that's probably what the company sold for, the value of the patents. So, so those, of course, who are using the BlackBerry email system, they're going to have to look for another source. Is that going to continue or just be available as a service anyway? We have Jim Dalrymple of The Loop, 
at loopinsight.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. There is only one detox product that stands out above the rest. Micro Plant Powder. And it's available only at HempUSA.org. Micro Plant Powder does wonders by removing toxins from the body. Detoxification is a vital process that's extremely important for restoring your health. Micro Plant Powder is available in eight different formulations, and we can help you choose the one that's perfect for your lifestyle. Micro Plant Powder is 100% chemical-free, non-GMO, anti-inflammatory, gluten-free, and packaged by hand in BPA-free containers. HempUSA.org wants you to be healthy, and Micro Plant Powder is one of the best ways we know to detoxify your body from head to toe, all for about $10 a month. Take back your life and enjoy living again with Micro Plant Plant Powder. Call 888-910-4367. That's 888-910-4367. Micro Plant Powder. Available only at HempUSA.org. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Jim Dalrymple of The Loop at loopinsight.com, and we're talking about the sad fate of what used to be Research in Motion and is now called Toast. So <laughs> what do they keep? We have the BlackBerry email service. Yes. Okay. Which seems to be pretty good, except when it breaks down, which hasn't been much recently. So do people just give up on that? Do they continue that service? Well... The big thing that BlackBerry had over its competitors for years was this secure mail service and and security on the phone itself that uh, governments liked and agencies of, of governments liked. In the past number of years, iOS devices have been approved. Uh, I do believe some Android devices have been approved by governments to use. And once that happens, BlackBerry's hold on its core market was lost. And that's, you know, BlackBerry could always maintain a certain level of profitability because it had this core market of governments and anybody that needed security. And then it, you know, it dabbled in the consumer market some. But when it started to lose the governments, that's when things really went downhill. And 
that's what's happened to them. Maybe their patents aren't even worth anything. You know, I would think that somebody would want them, but I just don't think that there's very much value in that company anymore. Well, Google bought Motorola Mobility, not to build handsets, but very much because of the patents, but they haven't helped. No, no. And I, I don't think that Google has done much with uh, Motorola. You know, they re, the Motorola has released a couple of phones, but they don't sell. Uh, Android, people look at Android and the profitability of Android. Android is the operating system. It's not profitable and it's not big. Samsung is big and Samsung is profitable. And it's, you can't confuse the two because if you took Samsung out of the mix, if Samsung went and did another operating system and you're left with a Google selling Android to the rest of the, the world, it's, it's minuscule. Samsung is the only one really making money from selling phones with Android. But they probably won't make much selling those Galaxy Gear smartwatches. <laughs> you know, maybe three of them. I haven't heard anything really good about it. No. You know, if I was looking to boost this market, make people really curious about smartwatches, I would think that particular product would put the kibosh on that real fast. Well, I, it, that that watch, that Galaxy Gear, makes no sense to me at all. You know, and it makes it makes sense for. For Samsung, because I think Samsung's motivation was to get to market first, but they didn't do anything worthwhile with it. You know, getting to market first with a crappy product just means you got to market first. So it doesn't really do anything for you. It didn't help those companies who built the first digital music players. Nobody no, bought right. them. Nope. Because they, they wanted to get to market with a product. And, and the product was, you know, the very first ones were, were innovative. You know, that was, was an interesting thing to be able to do, to, to take your, your MP3s with you. Um, but they just continued doing the same thing. So it's, it's only when, you know, Apple came along with the iPod that things really changed. They made the product usable. Yeah. Just the same way as they taught people how to type on glass, and they made smartphones useful for customers, not so much businesses. Right on. Which is a very big point. And also there are more tools in iOS 7 for the business environment to make it uh, happier and everything. But yeah. let's take a look at what Apple may or may not be working on for the rest of the year. We know there's going to be a new iPad because it's inevitable. We know about the Mac Pro because we saw the demo. Right. Probably going to come out this month also? Uh, I, w I would think if Apple, you know, it's got to be released, I, I would think sometime this, this fall. So in the next two months, it's got to be out there, yeah. Okay, so we have the new Mac Pro. Probably going to have some new MacBook Pros of one sort or another. That would Maybe be nice. A new Mac Mini with the Haswell chip, although it's much more important, I'm seeing, to have that chip in a notebook because the performance improvements in the new iMacs are negligible. They really aren't much, according to the Mac World testing. But for more battery life, it's got to be significant. Yeah, and, you know, battery life is, is uh, battery life and performance are the two things that you look for. 
Absolutely. So that's a very key point there. You can maximize battery life, which is also an important thing about OS X Mavericks, where supposedly, and of course we're dealing with only unofficial reports here, the improvements with memory compression and everything else will make it possible to get somewhat more battery life with OS 10.9 Mavericks. You don't have any unofficial reports as to how that's been impacted with the beta version, have you? I don't. Okay. No idea. All right, well, we're going to have to see when the reviews come out. I expect the reviews will be out a few days ahead at the release from certain people. We know who they are. (laughs) And one of them we might be talking to, but we can't have him admit anything because if he admits something, he's going to lose some very important relationships with certain companies. (laughs) But we assume that we'll have that and that he probably does know, but he can't tell us. All right, let me ask you another question here. Can you tell us whether or not Apple will introduce something that is not an iPhone, not an iPad, not a Mac this holiday season or the remainder of this fall, at least? Uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I wouldn't think so. Well, of course, there's Apple TV. Well, yeah, there's, there's Apple TV. There's lots of stuff that they could do. Um, you know, it's just a matter of what they will do. Now, when it comes to Apple TV, we go back to that speculation again. Based on everything you've seen, heard, or whatever you know, is the next Apple TV just going to be a logical upgrade from this one, maybe a little faster like that? Or is there going to be something major involved? And what about a real TV set? A real TV? I, I certainly don't expect that myself uh, this year. But we can all be surprised. But, I, you know, I love my Apple TV the way that it is now. I use it all the time. You know, could we see an update to that? Maybe. Okay, I understand about the Apple TV. I tend to use it myself instead of the pay-per-view option from DirecTV. Certainly, it's a lot easier to manage and a lot easier to get the films. And quite often, Apple offers special versions, even for rent, like director's cuts. I assume the one logical update would just be a faster processor. Yeah. You know, I mean, they could have uh, some deals that they want to put out. But, you know, typically they're doing that. Uh, They're adding stations and things on the Apple TV now and just putting them on there. (laughs) You know, they're not doing an event or anything for it. Well, that looks like they can add lots of apps. It's not going to be a problem. Yeah. So where do we go from there? Who knows? What about the full-fledged TV set? What's Apple's end game here? It's a good question. I, I what what I think you have to remember about Apple is that they will only enter a market that they think that they can change and one that they can change significantly. And that will lead to um, you know, hopefully from their standpoint domination where you go with that yes and they have to dominate a market yeah for it to work and and that's what i think that they'll do you know if if they can dominate a market then that's when they'll start entering it but you know they they've got all kinds of test projects you know they're, they're testing everything right they might be testing the apple spaceship who knows yeah 
I'm kidding. We're talking here to <laughs> Jim Dalrymple of the Loop at LoopInsight.com. And a little bit later, we'll be hearing from Jim's colleague at the Loop, Peter Cohen, who also works with iMore at iMore.com. So we've got plenty of stuff to talk about. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. On the average, Americans work between 45 to 50 years hoping to build up enough wealth to retire and live out their golden years. Unfortunately, with taxation, the rising cost of food, energy, housing, and medical, many retirees are forced to live below the poverty line. Is this a flaw free enterprise, or is our monetary unit we call the Federal Reserve Note forcing us into perpetual debt, ensuring inflation and higher taxes? These questions and more can be answered by reading G. Edward Griffin's book, The Creature from Jekyll Island. Congressman Ron Paul states it's what every American needs to know about central bank power. A gripping adventure into the secret world of international banking cartel. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I will give a silver dollar from the early 1900s to anyone who purchases this book. Call 1-800-686-2237 and order a copy today. It's critical that the public be made aware of the system. Call and order your copy today at 1-800-686-2237. That's 1-800-686-2237. Great news, pure water lovers. BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com has a special discount offer for all GCN listeners. You can't do better than a Big Berkey for economy. For only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. There's none better than a Big Berkey for emergency preparedness as a backup water source. And you just can't beat a Big Berkey to remove dangerous chlorine, all types of fluoride, pathogenic bacteria, cysts, parasites, and unhealthy viruses products from municipal water. Berkey water filter systems are even powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. For the gold standard in water filters, get a Big Berkey at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And all GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. For details, call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey water filters for the love of clean water. An e-cig revolution is sweeping across the country. But is yours American-made? Vapriate e-liquid by LaSig is. Manufactured in Arkansas with 100% USA-sourced ingredients. And when you buy American, you support local jobs. Vapriate e-liquid by LaSig is top quality at an affordable price. The very principle that once drove the American economy. Get great taste with no ash, tar, or smoke. You'll be wondering why you didn't make the change to Vapriate e-liquid by LaSig a long time ago. 
LeSig.com has everything you need for beginners to the advanced vaping enthusiast with a wide variety of hardware and also imported e-liquid flavors as well. Plus, LeSig smokes the competition with fast, free, same-day shipping, real people customer service, and a 30-day satisfaction guarantee. Support our country and become a vapriot at LeSig.com or call 870-525-1440, 870-525-1440. LeSig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. One more segment with Jim Dalrymple at the Loop at LoopInsight.com. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. What do you think about these reports that are coming up here that Samsung and maybe other smartphone and tablet makers are faking benchmarks? <laughs> they oh, put the things terrible. into like a high-performance mode, like overclocking, whenever yep. they detect the name of the selected benchmark application. Yeah, and this this is coded right into uh, the processor. So if you launch a, a benchmark app, then the processor spins up and goes faster, giving you a fake benchmark test. So for those uh, consumers that look at, at benchmarks and, and specs, they, they go to you know a respected site and they look and say, okay, here's, here's the benchmarks. Wow, you know, Samsung really beat the iPhone 5. Um, and they, they ran these standard benchmarks. But it's not standard because Samsung is, is cooking the books in the background by telling its processor to go faster only under these certain conditions, and the conditions are that a benchmark app is launched. That's dirty. It's dirty because what I see here, which is really interesting, is the fact that you can change the name of the benchmark app and suddenly it doesn't manipulate it. I mean, it, it, I don't know if it's that easy or not. Uh, you know, maybe it looks for header code or something like that. I don't know. Um, but it, regardless of, of what you can do to get around it, um, you know, Samsung's cheating. And, you know, according to Anantech, who, you know, has to be one of the most uh, respected uh, sites that does these these types of things. The only two that that they found that didn't do it were Apple and Motorola. HTC did it. Samsung did it. You know, it, it's just terrible, terrible. And it's a game to them. Yeah, but I gather here that people are more interested in those benchmarks, say in Asia, than they are may, here. Am I right? May, may, I I don't know. I don't know that that could be, but you know whatever it is, it's it's not right. It's certainly a dirty pool. Yeah, that's not nice. <laughs> well, no, it's not. Of course, Apple's made a few comments. I know that Phil Schiller has made a statement or two over Twitter, and then Samsung, of course, tries to lie about this. Yeah, yeah, they they it's just. You know, I have no respect for that company. But that appears to be very much like 
all the other companies, just Samsung being the larger one, it's more blatant. It's like, this is the way it is. This is the way the business runs. Yeah. So therefore, you are expected to lie. You're expected to cheat. And can a customer go back and say, well, I bought this product because of these benchmarks. And now I'm seeing these benchmarks are fake. Would you give me a refund? That's not going to happen. But isn't that fascinating, though? Yeah. I'm really looking at that saying, wait a minute. Couldn't you do that? Couldn't you go back and say, I bought this thing, and now the benchmarks are really 20% slower? Yeah. False advertising or something. That's right. Yeah. All the little tricks they do, like Microsoft with their iPad versus Surface ads where they reduce the size of the iPad to make it look smaller against the Surface. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's funny, too. You know, it's all a game, but it's not working for them, as you can see. And the more they get caught, the better. Serves them right. And then we have that record sales Nine million iPhones sold the first weekend. And the media comes out and says, oh, no, no, it wasn't like that. They stuffed the channel. Now, I was thinking, if they stuffed the channel, why couldn't you get the iPhone 5S without waiting for it? If the channel is stuffed, just grab one out of the warehouse. Yeah, exactly. But that didn't happen. That couldn't happen because they weren't there. You know, they put out every phone that they had, and they just weren't there. They sold them all. And then if, if it was a matter of uh, some people said that Apple was overhyping the launch and they didn't, they, the phones were in short supply. Okay, well, if that was the case, then they would only sell, have sold 3 million phones, not 9 million. You know, clearly uh, the, the mainstream media got this completely wrong because they sold, sold more phones than they ever had before. And yes, they sold out of some models, but they sold more phones than what they ever had before. It's not a matter of, of uh, you know, overhyping or anything like that. They, they sold everything that they had. That's what you want to do on a launch of any product. No matter how many you put out there, they're going to sell. And they're still selling. And you still have to wait. Yeah. That's the people that seem to be missing. You still have to wait Right now, if you go to Apple's website and you want to order an iPhone 5S, well, what happens is that you take a look at it, and unfortunately, it says it'll ship in October. But which day in October? You could wait up to another, what, three weeks for it. Yeah. They so, you gotta, they got to be happy with the sales. You can bet that. But anyway... Let's look at some other things before we really continue about this. If things go as they are, do you think the stock market and the media is going to catch up with Apple eventually? Or is this every year, every day for the rest of time? Is what? The stock market? The stock market failing to understand anything about Apple. (laughs) Oh, yes. Well... That could be that could be from now until the end of time. I think you know it almost always has been 
really. I, I don't think that they've ever really understood. A fast look at the future. Does Microsoft eventually get it? Uh, no, I don't think so. You don't think they're going to get what's going on? So how long does Microsoft last? Microsoft will always be around, but I don't think that they'll be as as powerful as what they have been. I mean, their power in the industry is is already um, going down, you know? What's going to happen next? We'll never know, but we'll keep looking at it. Jim Dalrymple, where do we find more of the stuff that you're right about? You can find me at uh, loopinsight.com and Jay Dalrymple on Twitter. Jim Dalrymple, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks a lot, Gene. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. We live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average 19 years of experience, Legal Shield's law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE, 855-340-7283. And the winner of fallback pricing is... You. The results are in from Freeze Dry Guys' You Be the Boss, Tell Us What You Want Us to Put on Sale campaign. After getting phone calls, emails, blog, and Facebook comments, nominating your favorite freeze-dried foods and dehydrated foods, 
You the people, you the bosses have spoken. We the staff at Freeze Dry Guy have listened, as we've done since 1970. So now, one item and one entire line of food are on special sale until the end of October. The entire line of popular non-GMO and gluten-free foods are 20% off. The Family First Responders Kit, loaded with delicious freeze-dried foods like hearty beef stew, lasagna, and mouth-watering strawberries, is roughly 30% off. Go to freezedryguy.com. That's freezedryguy.com to order or call 866-404-3663, 866-404-FOOD, and make your own deal. Thank you, boss. When the day comes where the world changes forever, forever, you can be ready at a moment's notice. With Survivalist Camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid survival bug-out house that's completely mobile and ready to go. All the comforts of an RV, but custom-built to outlast any other trailer. Learn more at survivalistcamps.com. Due to overwhelming response, limited inventory is available. Be ready with survivalistcamps.com. Survivalist Camps, providing your basic needs to survive. You're the kind of person who makes smart choices and is always prepared. That's why the PrepMart.com is perfect for you. Cook a great backyard meal with steam in about an hour with the Can Cooker Junior. Normally $74, on sale now for just $64.95. It's great for camping in emergencies. And batteries are on sale, up to 10% off our low prices. Right now at theprepmart.com. Great customer service you can trust. Get prepared at theprepmart.com. That's theprepmart.com. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. We have Peter Cohen. He's with iMore.com and also with the loop at loopinsight.com. And we are going to just shoot with both barrels here. Let's start. So on the 22nd of this month, October, we understand that Microsoft's going to put the Surface 2 on sale. But something else is going to be happening, evidently, on the 22nd that may overshadow that, right? Well, that, that is definitely uh, what we're hearing. Yeah, there's going to be a, uh, an Apple event on the 22nd. And the word is that it's, it's going to be about iPads and uh, that Macs may be mentioned as well. Right. Now, in terms of Macs, we assume then that they'd announced that Mavericks is available for download. That's OS 10.9. And possibly that the new Mac Pro would be going on sale. Correct. I have not heard confirmation one way or the other or received solid enough confirmation to know, but that is what the rumor mill is suggesting. Well, we know our old friend Jim Dalrymple says it's a lock. So if he says it's a lock, it's got to be a lock, right? Well, Jim isn't known to uh, talk out of his ass, so for sure. That makes him unlike every uh, <laughs> all the other pundits out there, or most of them. There are a few less insane people like you and me, and sometimes I have my doubts about you, but <laughs> I don't want to say that. Okay, so we kind of expect that Microsoft be overshadowed. People are not going to be lining up around the block to buy themselves a Surface 2. And Microsoft, however, is doubling down. You know, they're not going to give up on this. 
Yeah, well, good for them. I mean, there has to be some competition uh, from Microsoft because Microsoft is a vital player in the markets that it operates in. And I, I don't think the Surface is headed for a, a level of irrelevance like the Zune. You know, I think the Metro interface that Microsoft uses for um, Windows Phone and um, for the Surface tablets is actually quite scalable. Uh, for touch devices and and for mobile devices, so I, I'm I'm optimistic that Microsoft is going to get it right. It's just going to take them some time um, to find the 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 right way uh, to exploit it. I don't necessarily uh, see Microsoft um, Microsoft's efforts with the Surface as Quixotic, for example. I think that that uh, um, that they're going to get there eventually. The question is here: How long will it take? And where will Microsoft be? Will they end up being just the number three provider and that's it for the foreseeable future? Well, yeah. I mean, that is the big question. You know, the big question is is whether or not uh, Microsoft has um, the wherewithal um, to establish itself as a major player in this market or just a niche player and whether or not niche status um, is, is going to be enough for them. Well, Microsoft, of course, is so used to dominating markets, it kind of works against the grain for them. They'd want to be a number two, at least immediately. Well, don't forget, there's a sea change happening at Microsoft um, as Steve Ballmer exits the company. Um, And one of the things that's going to be really interesting to see over time is how Microsoft's senior management, and for that matter, their middle management, evolves in the absence of Ballmer. Uh, because a lot of Microsoft's troubles in terms of uh, how they've been able to innovate or not innovate um, has been laid at Balmer's door. Uh, you know, much in the same way that a lot of uh, Apple's reputation for innovation and game-changing and disruption in whatever markets they, they decide to operate in has been fairly or unfairly uh, laid at um, uh, Steve Jobs' uh, feet. Uh, many times over the years. Um, so it, it's going to be an interesting uh, exercise for me to watch uh, sort of Microsoft evolve in a post-Balmer uh, world um, to see uh, what they're going to do differently and how they're going to, to comport themselves. What kind of bothered me with what's going on is that Microsoft now decides to buy Nokia's handset division right when they're busy picking a new CEO. What if the new CEO gets in there and says, you know what, maybe this wasn't such a good idea? Hey, that's you know, that's, hap- that's happened before. I mean, take a look at, uh, at the way that HP has, has, has been run over the past few years. Well, HP is still looking for some kind of game plan and a vision. I don't see a vision from HP. I just see, well, I guess we'll continue whatever we're doing. Yeah, and I don't think status quo is the way that Microsoft is going to run. You know, I think that, they, that there are going to be some fundamental changes. Well, at this point, spending seven point something billion to acquire the Nokia handset division. Now, the thing about that is already Nokia has been the premier partner of Microsoft for Windows Phone. So how does this help, especially because once a company is in transition, there's going to be a time when They're not getting the new products out because nobody wants to make a decision until the new ownership takes over. And that, if anything, reduces the prospects in the short term. Maybe ultimately they expect things will be fixed, but that could kill a year out of possible product growth. 
Yeah, and in the interim, Microsoft is still making money. You know, Microsoft isn't uh, on the same growth track it was five or ten years ago, but they're still a very profitable company. So I don't see the problem. You just think that at this point, maybe they were already doing a lot of things in concert with Microsoft. I think the only concern (laughs) about Windows Phone is that with Nokia in that position, already a preferred provider, what may happen next is that the few handset makers who do Windows Phone, like HTC and Samsung, will just say no. Well, look, the the few companies that are doing Windows Phones besides uh, Nokia um, aren't doing them in any kind of appreciable volume and haven't really brought much to the table in terms of innovation. They've been, uh, for uh, the, the most part, also brands in the Windows Phone market. So, I mean, the Windows Phone is almost synonymous with with Nokia as it stands now. So really, what does Microsoft have to lose if, you know, the, the handset, the few handset makers that are making Windows Phone handsets besides Nokia walk away from the table at this point? Not really a lot, but it is keeping consistent with Microsoft's interest in transitioning from just being a platform developer to an actual device maker to acquire Nokia's um, smartphone uh, business. Um, so they can produce their own branded handsets, you know, much in the same way that they're that they're making concerted effort to to try to um, move the tablet market in their direction with with Surface. So uh, you know, this this has been a long term strategy for Microsoft. This isn't a whim thing. I think that Ballmer decided at the last minute. And it's something that's consistent with um, the way that Microsoft's been doing business for the last several years. So let's give them a chance and let's see what happens. You know, the fact of the matter is Nokia handsets running Windows Phone are really good user experiences. They're not for everyone. You know, not everybody is going to like some of the things that they have to put up with with, with Windows Phone. But uh, it, it, it is, based on my own experience, a, a very good match, both for hardware and for software. And... Nokia operates in several different price points. You know, you can go out and spend the same $600, $650 that you're going to spend on an Apple handset on a high-end Nokia handset like the 1020. But you're going to get a 41-megapixel camera. That's something that Apple users can't even dream of. You know, you can spend 100 bucks in a market that Apple doesn't even compete in and get a pay-as-you-go Nokia 520 or 521. And and there are a couple of other options in between there as well. So, you know, to its credit, it's it's a robust ecosystem. It's not like, you know, Microsoft is starting over from from square one. You know, if anything, I think it's it's interesting, uh, not from the Microsoft standpoint, from the Nokia standpoint, they're divesting themselves of, of, of smartphones. You know, I think maybe Nokia sees them sees themselves as having backed the wrong horse when they they went with Microsoft handsets. But they had backed the wrong horse before, expecting that people were going to buy Symbian handsets instead of getting iPhones and Android devices. We have Peter Cohen joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? 
Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Do you owe the IRS money that you can't pay? Are tax liens and levies ruining your life? Are you tired of being afraid just to go to the mailbox? If this describes you, then Dan Pilla can help. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla, and I've been solving tax problems for more than 30 years. In fact, I wrote the book that made it possible to negotiate settlements with the IRS, and I've helped thousands of people do exactly that. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. New changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever before eliminate their debts once and for all. There's no need for you to suffer another day with IRS debt. Call 800-346-6829. I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. Curious about what comes next? Next is the feeling of vulnerability you get after you arrive home to discover your house has been ransacked by burglars. Fool the bad guys with a new improved fake TV. You asked for it, we listened, and we made our new fake TV three times brighter than our previous model. The brightness of our new fake TV is equivalent to a 40-inch TV. It simulates the color and motion of a real TV while you're away from home. And when burglars think someone is home watching television, they're likely to pass your house and move on to an easier target. The new, brighter Fake TV is only $39.95 and includes free shipping. Go to faketv.com or call 1-877-5-FAKE-TV. That's 877-532-5388 or go to faketv.com. Fake TV, the burglar deterrent. A little over a year ago, I began to do a lot of research into why, even though I had a pretty good-sized meal, that I was still starving. And my research led me to a well-known fact that most of the soils that we grow our crops on here in the United States and across the industrialized world are almost completely depleted of almost all of the key minerals and trace elements that our bodies need to rebuild themselves, fight off cancer, and be healthy. I then searched out the best vitamin and mineral company out there and discovered Longevity. The Longevity products are designed to give you the real nutrition you need, and once you've got that, you don't have to eat as much to be satisfied. I've lost 37 pounds in two months simply getting the vitamins and minerals I need. Check it out for yourself. It's incredible. Go to InfoWarsTeam.com today and order your first canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine Complete Multivitamin Mineral Complex Dietary Supplement. That's InfoWarsTeam.com. 
You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle live with Gene Steinberg. We have Peter Cohen joining us. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Isle live. We're talking about the fact that. On the 22nd of October, Apple is expected to introduce new iPads, but we segued over the fact that Microsoft has the Surface tablet, that Nokia's handset division is under Microsoft's umbrella. So we're seeing here that Microsoft is becoming more like Apple in becoming an integrated company that builds the hardware and the software. Now, I agree with you in terms of Nokia. They come up with intriguing alternatives that work. Now, maybe 41 megapixels is somewhat of a gimmick, but... It is something that at least provides a clearer picture. I think the reviews of cameras show that Apple still does better in low-light conditions, but in normal light, having 41 megapixels is good. It's an interesting feature. The point being that Nokia adds features that actually seem to do something as opposed to Samsung, which adds a feature because it is a feature. Do you agree? Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, and that that's a key difference, I think, between Apple and a lot of other companies in the marketplace. You know, we talk about this all the time over at iMore, how Apple is really good at figuring out what the customer wants, maybe even before the customer wants it, or what would make the customer's life easier to use, whereas other handset makers and other makers of computers do their damnedest to cram in whatever the latest buzzword technology is, without really having a clear vision of how it's going to be used or whether or not it even makes sense for the product that it's being used with. You know, and we see this over and over again, repeated in the smartphone market and repeated in the personal computer market. And it's it's something that that, that Apple has strived very hard to 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 not do. You know, and I, I, I remember, I, I, can't, I can't quote it, but I, there's a, a Steve Jobs quote that I'm very fond of. Paraphrasing it, um, uh, though, Jobs basically distills the, the, the comment down to simple is, is hard. You know, it's very difficult to make something simple, but Apple does that very, very well, better than, than, than most companies out there. Phil Schiller said more directly, which is it's not so much about what features to add but what features to remove. That's absolutely correct. And I've heard him do that a number of times. But, all right, looking at Microsoft's chances here. Now, obviously, Nokia and Windows Phone gives you a more consistent interface than Android. But Android rules the roost because they've got a large portion of these companies building Android gear, a lot of presence in areas where they have cheap phones, And they fill segments that Apple doesn't fill, like, for example, the large screen. There's an article in Macworld this week about whether we need a larger screen on the iPhone. And before I ask your reaction to that, I will give you my own reaction to that, which is I had spent several months with the Samsung Galaxy S3, which is, what, 4.8 inches, and the Galaxy S4, which is 5 inches, and then went to an iPhone 5S, And the answer to having a larger screen as opposed to a smaller screen, with a smaller screen, just hold it closer. Okay. What do you think about it? Well, you know, I think that I don't think that there's one solution or or one one size that that fits everybody in the mobile marketplace. I think that 
um, there, there's room for smaller handsets. There's room for bigger handsets. You know, I was talking to somebody last week who had just upgraded to an iPhone 5C from a 4S. And she was disappointed because um, the 5C was the first larger iPhone that she'd had after having several of the original form factor iPhones. And she found it uncomfortably large because she couldn't span her thumb from the top to the bottom of the screen anymore. And, it, you know, she was obviously a female because I keep using the female pronoun. And um, her hands were a little bit smaller than mine. So I understood where she was coming from. Couldn't particularly relate iPhone 5, the iPhone 5 form factor is fine in my hand. But, uh, you know, it's interesting that large format phones, and I'm talking about things like the Galaxy Note, which is even bigger than the S3 and the S4, um, and the new Galaxy Gear, which is gigantic. It's, it's, a, it, it's, it's an over six-inch screen. You know, it's, it's really big. These products are not primarily designed to sell to the people who are listening to this radio program. They're intended for people who don't own a computer, uh, people in emerging markets that probably will never have a computer, whether it's a laptop or a desktop machine, for whom their mobile device is their sole connection to the internet. And when you take those people into consideration, wherever in the world they might be, and even including some here in the United States, all of a sudden, a larger form factor device makes a lot of sense because, um, you know, they, they want to watch movies. They want to experience rich media on the Internet. They want to be able to pull up web pages and email and have chats with friends um, and do all the other things that we kind of take for granted that we'll, we will do maybe sometimes on our phone but also on our computer and have a fundamentally different experience on our computer when we do it. So uh, the large format devices, the phablets, as they're called, I, that, that word makes me want to punch somebody in the face, but there it is. Um, phablets have a place in the market, but I'm not sure it's really a place that Apple wants to be in. You know, Apple is, again, getting back to Apple's design philosophy, Apple is not interested in selling a device to everyone. Samsung, on the other hand, absolutely is. That's why you've got the Galaxy Gear S4. I mean, the Galaxy Gear and the Galaxy um, S4. I'll tell you new- what, you get so confused from the Galaxy this, that, note, whatever, S3, 4, or gold, or however, it drives you so crazy you can't keep up with it. But that doesn't matter. It's just like a large restaurant with a big menu, a 16-page menu, and you check off the items you want, one from column A, one from column B. Well, it reminds me a little bit negatively of Apple back in the 90s when they would roll out one undifferentiated system after another and just slap another Performa badge on it. This one's the Performa 550. This one's the Performa 575. There'd be minor differences between the machines, but Apple was just trying to flood the market with beige boxes and did a very poor job of it. Um, I I, I think that that, uh, Samsung's product design philosophy here is a little bit of let's just throw stuff up on the wall and see what sticks. Uh-huh. But it, it doesn't work out so well. I mean, according to their own financial report, Samsung has not sold as many S4s um, as they had initially anticipated. So uh, demand is getting soft for their devices. And I think part of it is consumer confusion. Um, uh, you know, because how do I differentiate the S4 from the S3, which is 
you know, from the from the Note, from the Note Two, from the Note Three, from the Galaxy Gear, from the new Galaxy Round that was just announced uh, th- this week. You know, excuse me, folks, I'm getting dizzy. Go ahead, please, Peter. Right, you know exactly my my point, Gene. It it, it gets very confusing um, to see one vendor produce so many devices. Um, and some of these are carrier-specific, and some of these are market-specific. Some of these aren't going to get released in the United States or anywhere in North America. Uh, some are going to be specific to AT&T or to Verizon or what have you, if you live in the States. So Samsung is just trying to be all things to all people. Apple, on the other hand, is very content to leave a lot of money on the table. And how many times have we heard from analysts uh, that Apple is doomed because they're not competing in the netbook market? Or they're not competing in the uh, mid-sized uh, desktop market, or they're not competing in, um, you know, the 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 sub two hundred dollar tablet market, or you know, they're not competing in the cheap handset market. Yet quarter after quarter after quarter, Apple produces profits that are the envy of every other tech company on the planet. Yeah, and that is indisputable. You know, so a lot of people want their products. Apple understands marketing. Apple understands um, how to gauge uh, public demand for their products, and Apple is capable of giving them giving the public what they want, which is Even, something that that you can't say for a lot of other companies. They don't know what the public wants. They either take a focus group test, or they just throw stuff at the wall, as you say, hoping yeah. a few things will land and be successful. And certainly undeniably true that there were, was price cutting on the Galaxy S4 very shortly after it came out. There is on the iPhone 5C, but very short term. We'll get into more of this in a moment. So we look at, there was an article, I think, in the Register saying Apple is doomed unless they make cheap iPhones, but they forget that in a number of countries you can get them just about free, subsidized. In countries where you don't have those plans, there are often ways to get a phone where you pay it out or something. So you don't always have to come up with $450 or the equivalent in whatever foreign country you're in, what the currency would be. You don't have to come up with $450 to get the phone. And Apple reportedly, and you can respond to this in our next segment, Apple reportedly also does discounting in some places where they help you get the phone. So it's not that it's $450 and that's a stopping point. We have Peter Cohen from imore.com and the loop at loopinsight.com. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the 
people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, then carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Nutritious food is real body armor. It builds muscle, burns fat, improves digestion, and feeds the entire body the nutrients it needs. Did you know the U.S. government banned the hemp plant from growing in the United States and classified it as a Schedule One drug to hide it behind the marijuana plant? People have been confused about this plant for over 80 years, and many still don't know what hemp is. So now you know hemp is not marijuana, and marijuana is not hemp. They are different varieties of the same species. HempUSA.org wants the world to know these basic facts and to help people understand that hemp protein powder is the best-kept health secret you need to know about. Remember, hemp protein powder contains 53% protein, is gluten-free, anti-inflammatory, non-GMO, and is loaded with nutrients. Call 888-910-4367, 888-910-4367, and see what our powder, seeds, and oil can do for you only at HempUSA.org. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. I'm Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Owl Live with Peter Cohen. We are continuing. And I mentioned the article in the register. Did you ever read that, by the way? Yeah, I did. Okay. And this is you know, a common read, argument. They all similar. say Apple's out of business. They're toast if there's no Uber cheap iPhone. And I've read similar tripe from other publications, too. This is a, a trope that has been recycled a number of times by a number of different uh, publications looking to drive traffic to their um, poorly written garbage by invoking some hysterical nonsense about Apple. Apple does not. Apple does not absolutely does not have to compete in the cheap handset market. You know, but having said that, you know, there are, there are still a lot more people on the planet Earth that don't have smartphones than have smartphones. Apple doesn't need to sell phones to them to still have a sustainable business in the smartphone market. Um, eventually, they're going to get there. I have no doubt in my mind whatsoever, but I don't think it's going to be in the way that people expect, and I don't think it's going to be in the time frame that people expect. You know, a lot of people were assuming that the iPhone 5C, and, and I, I count myself among this group, a lot of people were expecting the iPhone 5C to be a, a less expensive handset than it was. I was really surprised when Apple debuted the iPhone 5C and said that it was going to be a $550 handset. I assumed it would be less. I didn't assume it would be a $100 handset, but I thought for sure it'd be like 400 bucks or 300 bucks or something like that. I thought it would be a lot less than it is. But, you know, it's funny, I, you know, people, especially people who buy these things in the United States, I think are quite enumerate and don't really take into consideration the full cost of these products because they're buying them on subsidy. You know, they're buying them, they're getting a two-year plan through their service provider, whether it's AT&T or uh, Verizon, typically. And, you know, they, they put $100 down on these phones, so they get them for free if they're getting the 4S. And they don't think about 
what they're being charged every month for these things. And, you know, it's like Robert Heinlein used to say, there ain't no such thing as a free lunch. You know, you, you don't get that phone for free. You end up paying for it. You either end up paying for it, um, you know, in your interest on a credit card, or you end up paying for it um, as part of a subsidy that you pay to your uh, cell carrier every month. But um, one way or the other, you are going to pay at least the full retail value of that phone, if not quite a bit more after interest. And, and, and that's where Apple's at with it, you know. But, but Apple doesn't have a cheap handset. And Apple doesn't need a cheap handset in order to succeed. It only needs to do what it's doing um, and, and continue doing it well to be able to sell a lot of handsets to a lot of people. This short-term discounting I see in the iPhone 5C, supposedly demand is good. Sales are good, but is this something that Apple is doing with an incentive to these stores to push more product? I have no idea whether or not Apple is working in concert with um, the retailers or not. I know the deals have popped up at Best Buy and Radio Shack, for example, uh, to take $50 off the price of the iPhone 5C. My assumption is that the retailers are doing it um, in concert with the carriers, and that they're able to do it because margins on the 5C are better than they were on the 5. That's just supposition on my part, but that's my guess. So even though it lists for $100 less, they have that $50 margin to rope them in. And then, of course, if someone says, I can get an iPhone, a current model, for 50 bucks, wow. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, people thought the 5C was going to be a failure, but my experience has been that a lot of people are buying 5Cs. In fact, in, in my weekend job at, at working for an Apple specialist, I see more people with 5Cs than I see with 5Ss. Well, of course, there's also the issue of getting a 5S, which is not so easy. That is quite correct. You know, the, the 5S is still a very in-demand product. Uh, people who bought them weeks ago are still waiting for, for them to be delivered. So, um, uh, you know, the 5S is, is not as available as the 5C is by any stretch of the imagination. But the point that I'm making is that people aren't holding up purchasing a new phone to get the 5S. They're perfectly content to buy the, the 5C instead. You know, many people are. Some people are waiting, but many people are content to get the 5, 5C and are either none the wiser because they don't really care about the stuff that's in the 5S or, you know, the 5S just didn't fit their use profile and they're perfectly content with the 5C because the 5C does everything that they need it to do. The thing is here, the speed difference is only seen primarily with games. And if you don't care about the fingerprint sensor, you've covered it. Pictures are better. I mean, it takes better pictures, especially in low-light conditions. That's true. But the distinction is not that much to make you feel that if you buy an iPhone 5C, you're being shortchanged. Games, and specifically a handful of games that have been optimized for... Uh, the processor on the 5S and you know the graphics on the 5S are are certainly a differentiating factor, but they're they're not they're not the only factor. And I mean the fact is, as time goes on and as developers uh, create products for the M7 motion coprocessor that's in the iPhone 5S and understand how to utilize 64-bit um, uh, pathways in the A7 chip um, to do more effective image processing and more effective. Uh, signal processing, and so on, we're going to see a lot of enhancements um, or a lot of software that's that's really well optimized for the 5S. But yeah, you know, the, the architecture that's in there is future-proofing a little bit. 
and it's Apple hedging a bet um, that 64-bit is going to make a, a big difference in mobile going uh, going down the road, which, quite frankly, today it's not. Interesting comment from this executive at Qualcomm who says it's just an advertising gimmick and then turns around a few days later and says, no, we didn't mean that. Yeah, indeed. I mean, my first thought on reading the, the, the comment from the Qualcomm exec was, huh, a competitor of Apple has something disparaging to say about an Apple product. Well, stop the presses. That's definitely newsworthy. Okay, whatever. You know, I, I think that, that he got a ration of, of grief from, from his higher-up saying, hey, wait a minute. You know, we, we can't rule out 64-bit for ourselves in the future, even though we're not really competing in that market today. So don't say anything stupid. I really think that his comments were ill-advised or ill-thought-out to begin with. And now they're all saying, well, yeah, we'll have a 64-bit next year. Exactly. So you see, it doesn't mean anything when Apple has it, but yeah, we'll have it too. And our 64-bit will be a better 64-bit than their 64-bit. I'm getting dizzy. Listen. Well, you, look, you know, I mean, this happens, in, and it, this isn't specific to Apple. It's a common occurrence in the Apple market, but it's not specific to Apple. Anytime a company comes out with an innovation that its competitors don't have, the competitor's first reaction, first public reaction, is to let everybody know that whatever that innovation is, it's unnecessary and superfluous. And then the second thing that they do is copy it. Yes, isn't that strange how that works all the time? But the problem is here is that Apple won't copy their features unless they work, and then they'll try to do it better. Speaking of doing it better, let's take a quick look here at what we might see on the 22nd. Now, one article I saw had, I guess, kind of almost a reasonable possibility, trying to mirror the iPhone introduction. We have a fifth-generation iPad maybe slimmer, lighter, with some variation of the A7 chip. Then we have an iPad C, which would be different colors, but basically last year's model at a cheaper price, and then a retina display for the iPad mini. I think that's getting a bit crowded, but it does convey a different way of selling last year's model. Yeah, it does. And th this is speculation that, that I haven't really um, put any stock in. So I, I don't know if it's going to happen or if it's not going to happen. The interesting thing about the form factor changes for a, a, a fifth-generation iPad are that, that, you know, the iPad hasn't fundamentally changed shape since the iPad 2 came out. So if you walk into a store today and you're looking for um, a case um, for your iPad, as if you have an iPad 2, an iPad 3rd generation, or an iPad 4th generation, they'll all fit. If Apple changes that, it's going to mean that all of the case makers are going to have to rework um, their designs uh, to fit a new iPad. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, obviously not a big deal for Apple, and I don't think it'll be a big deal for consumers, but it is going to cause some consternation in the, uh, um, in the accessory market because I think that they've gotten used to the iPad form factor sort of being uh, inviolable, inviolable and, uh, and, and never changing. Of course, that's called the free ride factor because Apple has already made those changes every other year for the iPhone. We have Peter Cohen joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live.
Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Hi, this is Gary Cooper with Midas Resources, Gold and Silver. Government shutdown, inept politicians, entitlements, looming Obamacare. The death of the U.S. dollar as a global reserve currency is what nobody wants to acknowledge. We have a debt bubble that cannot be paid and will eventually crash the dollar. If you're concerned about keeping your money, why not consider storing your wealth in gold and silver? Call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 130. Together, we'll discuss your options of buying gold and silver. Again, the global elite have plans for your money, and it doesn't include you. So call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 130, and we'll discuss your options of buying precious metals. Also, I can send you information on how you can roll over your IRA or 401k into a precious metal IRA. Again, don't get caught with money in your account when the dollar crashes. Call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237. 37 extension 130 and the winner of fallback pricing is you the results are in from freeze dry guys you be the boss tell us what you want us to put on sale campaign after getting phone calls emails blog and facebook comments nominating your favorite freeze-dried foods and dehydrated foods you the people you the bosses have spoken we the staff at freeze dry guy have listened as we've done since 1970 so now one item and one entire line of food are on special sale until the end of october the entire line of popular non-gmo and gluten-free foods are 20 percent off the family first responders kit loaded with delicious freeze-dried foods like hearty beef stew lasagna and mouth-watering strawberries is roughly 30 percent off Go to freezedryguy.com. That's freezedryguy.com to order or call 866-404-3663, 866-404-FOOD, and make your own deal. Thank you, boss. These days, so many suffer from heartburn, stomach ulcers, and acid reflux, and most never realize it is the high acidity within the body that causes their discomfort. While selective diet choices can help, AlkaVision Plasma pH drops can really make a change. A few drops added to water can optimize your body's pH level, ridding you of harmful waste and acid, promoting health, and restoring vibrance and energy. Healthy pH levels make all the difference. High acidity can also cause depression, insomnia, and irritability. 
AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops bring you vital balance that can be truly life-changing. Alkalizing boosts immune response, reduces headaches and cramping, and even helps prevent bone loss. This is simple science that helps your body do what's natural. Order your AlkaVision pH Drops for just $29.95 at AlkaVision.com, A-L-K-A-Vision.com, or call 800-518-7615. Alkalize your body, supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. So would it be a bad thing for Apple to introduce a new form factor for the iPad because the accessory makers would be upset? But Apple hasn't shown concerns in the past with the iPhone. So why should they this time? I don't give a damn about the accessory makers. Um, the, The question is, what would fundamentally altering the iPad form factor gain us? Understanding Johnny Ives' design principles a little bit, there there would have to be very good reasons for an iPad, a new iPad or a new iPad mini to look different than it does now. Um, either space considerations for uh, for battery or for circuitry or for functionality or something else. But, uh, y- you know, the, 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 I, I wouldn't see it happening arbitrarily just because Apple wants to do something new this year. There's got to be a reason why. Well, the obvious reason would be to make the iPad thinner and lighter. It is a bit of a load. If there's a way to knock a few ounces off that thing, I think it would be a worthy effort. I agree. I mean, the iPad mini is a nice uh, slim form factor. A lot of people really like it. If if Apple could could thin out the iPad, the full-sized iPad, to something more iPad mini-ish, uh, that would be an impressive engineering feat. And uh, as long as it didn't come at the expense of battery life or functionality. Well, I assume in terms of battery life, it would not, because that's the way Apple works. When has Apple introduced an iPhone that had less battery life than its predecessor? It's usually the same or the reverse. Well, and that's one of the reasons why we've seen the iPad get more hefty over the years, because they've had to cram more batteries in um, in order to accommodate the retina display, which is a huge memory hog. But I'm not aware of any major breakthroughs in battery technology or in uh, screen energy performance that would uh, enable Apple um, to, to, to shave significant weight or significant size off of the iPad, which is why my head is kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm scratching my head on this one. It would certainly be nice if they could. But as you it, say, I don't know. Of course, Apple may have a few things up their sleeve that we don't know about. I would think if they do make it slimmer and lighter, it's going to be by a small amount. Sure. You know, I, I, Apple is subject to the same laws of physics that everyone else is, though, is my point. Well, the media says otherwise. The media told me that Apple adheres to a different set of principles. They are in an alternate universe, and therefore they have to follow different rules. Isn't that true? Yes, where blimps fly in the air and uh, um, observers walk around unhindered. Ah, you are living in the fringe universe. No, you are, sir. Well, I've been a fringe person for a long time. 
but we won't discuss our fringes right now. Okay, the iPad Mini, got to have a Retina display or not? No, I don't think so. Retina displays cost a lot of money, and um, Apple's already making less money on the iPad Mini than it makes on the full-sized iPad. Um, I don't see Apple trying to hurt its margins any more than than it already has by bringing the Mini out to begin with. I mean, if you take a look at Apple's quarterly earnings since the Mini came out, they sell plenty of iPads, but they make less money at it than they used to. Their margins have gone down, and that's because uh, their margins on the iPad Mini are lower, even though it's a very, very popular device. So my expectation is that the Mini is going to stay with a standard resolution display, partly for that reason and partly because Apple wants to differentiate the Mini um, and the full-sized iPad, Uh, much in the same way that Apple has differentiated, for example, the MacBook Air from the MacBook Pro. I'm sure that if Apple had the wherewithal, it could have or would have already uh, brought the Retina display to the MacBook MacBook Air, Uh, but it hasn't. You know, the MacBook Air is still a standard resolution device. And, you know, certain configurations of the MacBook Air cost um, as much, if not more, uh, than MacBook Pro devices do. So, um, you know, Apple does a good job of, of um, differentiating um, its, its products in, in, in significant ways that way. So I, my, my bet is that the iPad mini will not have a, a retina display, at least not this year. I suppose we'll have to see. I think the only compelling factor there is the fact that a lot of the competition is offering high-definition displays for their 7-inch tablets. True, true, but they're not selling iPads. So you think Apple can get away with that for another year? I do. I mean, you know, look, as I said before, I sell these things on the weekends. In my experience, and I, I recognize fully that the plural of anecdote is not data, but I think that anecdotes serve an important point. My experience has been that people who buy iPad minis really couldn't care less about the resolution of the display. You know, is it clear enough to read books? Yes. Is it clear enough to watch movies? Yes. Is it clear enough for me to look at pictures of my kids or my grandkids? Yes. That's all I care about. Muggles don't give a damn about specs. And this is something that the tech press has got to learn. You well, know, the thing no, is also, we have to bear in mind that at that smaller form factor, the resolution of 160-odd pixels per inch, it's pretty sharp. And it the is distinct, absolutely it, You sharp. can see the difference with a retina display, but it's not so drastic. In fact, unless you put them side by side, it's not that big a difference. Even if you put them side by side, a lot of people aren't going to see a huge difference. A lot of people don't see a huge difference. You know, my contention is that Retina displays matter when you get to something like uh, the, the size of a of a MacBook Pro. But you know, iPads or iPad Minis, not a huge differentiating factor to have a Retina display on a smaller iPad. Well, let's see what Apple does. Will there be Absolutely. an alternative to the iPad Mini? Will they have the current year's model sold at a different price? Like what Apple did with the iPad Two? Yes. I don't, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't want to see Apple's product line getting crowded. So my, my suspicion is no. It's more understandable with the full-size iPad and also, of course, with the iPhone. Because you really need to fill a few price categories there, which is what they're doing. So that kind of makes sense. But I would agree with you with that. All right. On the 22nd of October, do you think Apple's going to do anything else? 
I'm thinking Mavericks and the Mac Pro. I um, think that we'll we'll have a Mavericks announcement um, um, sometime this month. I don't know if it's going to happen on the 22nd or even sooner um, because uh, Mavericks has now gone gold master. Um, so, you know, barring any showstoppers, Apple already has the version of Mavericks that it's going to release as 10.9. Um, and... Uh, assuming that's the case, Apple could release it tomorrow if they wanted to, you know, or they could wait a couple of weeks. I'm not sure. As far as the Mac Pro is concerned, we know it's coming. You know, Apple said in June that it was going to be out before the end of the year. And in its more recent promotional material for the Mac Pro, it is said this fall. Um, so uh, the Mac Pro might be a safe bet. Don't forget, we're also waiting on refreshes uh, to the MacBook Pro. And um, the Mac Mini, neither of which have gotten the Haswell treatment that we've seen on the MacBook Air and the iMac. We have Peter Cohen joining us this week. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com radio. DreamHost.com radio. Hello, I'm Steve Shank. Everybody's heard the statement that what you don't know can't hurt you. But truth is, what you don't know is the only thing that can hurt you. For example, you might not know how our country's wars can hurt you. Japanese radiation and the Gulf oil spill are destroying your seafood. People don't understand how America's 50-year worst drought is hurting them. Our natural disaster experience has proven relief organizations can't take care of the victims. And there's the huge question of how the government will feed all the people that it's promised to feed with no food. What if we made the whole country into one big neighborhood where we take care of each other by taking care of ourselves? Here's the plan. For every new EPAC 60-day food supply that you order, eFoods Direct will send a 7-day food supply to each of two families in your name, free of charge. Go to eFoodsDirect.com or call 800-876-0871. 800-876-0871. eFoodsDirect.com. 
We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231, and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey Light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at GoBerkey.com. That's GoBerkey.com today. What if you had a witness everywhere you drive? Now you can with VideoDashCam.com. From truckers to motorcyclists, the handy Video Dash Cam can be used for insurance claims, accidents, police encounters, road rage, or natural disasters. Has instant screen playback and optional night vision. Get the best quality, affordable HD Dash cameras available at VideoDashCam.com. That's VideoDashCam.com. Or call 855-855-2022. Always have a witness with Video Dash Cam. Are you prepared for disasters, job loss, and uncertain times? Make Emergency Essentials your first stop for premier food storage and emergency preparedness supplies. Compare our food storage ounce to ounce and it's easy to see. Emergency Essentials has the best quality and lowest priced emergency food storage guaranteed. Call Emergency Essentials at 800-999-1863 today or visit BePrepared.com. The choice is clear. Be unprepared or BePrepared.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. If in case you're tuning in late, I know some people hear the show as it's presented on radio stations. Earlier we had... Peter Cohen's colleague, Jim Dalrymple, joining us. Right now, we're talking to Peter Cohen about what we might expect from Apple. Now, since Apple updated the iMac with just a press release, you kind of sort of think they'll do the same with the MacBooks and the MacBook Pros. Oh, it's a foregone conclusion that they're going to switch to the fourth-generation Intel Core processors. They absolutely have to. The question is when. And October is a safe bet because Apple um, uh, rolled out new uh, MacBooks in October of last year. And they generally stick to more or less an annual upgrade path for devices like this. So I I have no reason to to think that Apple is not going to roll out MacBook Pros soon. I should point out here that the biggest advantage of Haswell is not performance. I'm saying just a negligible improvement. The advantage is battery life. So it doesn't mean very much on the... 2013 iMac. I mean, I'm looking at all the benchmarks they took, and if you have a Fusion drive, I guess because of what they're doing with solid-state drives, it'd be a bit faster. But everything else is not that much different, so if you can get a really cheap 2012 iMac, it's probably okay. But with notebooks, you get a lot more battery life. 
Well, not only that, but the notebooks also have integrated graphics processors that they use when they're working on battery or when they're working on stuff that, in, in the case of 13-inch uh, MacBook Pros, that's all they have. In the case of the 15s, they can switch over to a discrete graphics processor if it's something CP or something GPU-intensive, like a, uh, an image editing app or a video app or a video game. But those graphics, those integrated graphics, the graphics that are integrated as part of the um, the CPU itself, are f- up to forty percent faster um, on Haswell uh, than they are on Ivy Bridge, which is what was what has been in the MacBook Pros up until now. So, I don't want our listeners to think that there's absolutely no performance differentiation between Haswell and between what came before and, and what came before it. There certainly is some. Having said that, yes. Power efficiency is the big thing um, that people notice. You know, the the MacBook Airs work up to 12 hours per charge now, which is a lot more um, than what they had before. So you can go a a half day without having to to worry about plugging in your MacBook Air to juice it up. It's it's a pretty impressive feat, and it's going to improve even more with the release of Mavericks because of some of what Mavericks is doing uh, with um, timer coalescing and with other functions um, that can uh, help improve perf- uh, processor efficiency. So yeah, you know it's a significant update, and um, uh, at the same time that Apple puts the Haswell's, Haswell chips in there, they use uh, new chips for um, uh, for Wi-Fi that improve Wi-Fi performance dramatically, especially if you, you upgrade to a new Airport Express or Time Capsule that has 802.11ac. Um, Wi-Fi networking. That's gigabit Wi-Fi, if you will. And you can get significantly faster speeds than you can over an 802.11n network. So um, that's a big uh, performance boost as well. And as you alluded to, Gene, Fusion drives in the the iMacs are faster now, and um, any Mac that uses SSD uh, will be faster once it gets this new processor upgrade because Apple is switching over um, to a PCI Express-based uh, channel for SSD connections. It used to use SATA, which is the same thing that you would use to connect a conventional hard drive. The difference here um, is in the bandwidth and the performance of that bus. It's a lot faster um, than, uh, than, than SSDs working over SATA. So uh, much snappier performance there, too. Has anyone done any preliminary benchmarks with Mavericks? and any Mac notebook to see what kind of battery life improvement exists? I'm not aware of any. Uh, I am keeping an eye out on them. But, um, you know, since Mavericks is still kind of a moving target, I I don't think uh, anybody's ready to invest too much time in benchmarking it uh, uh, to find out how it's going to perform until we absolutely have something that, that is baked and cured. We can't assume that something that's a GM seed is baked and cured, though, what, 99 have 100 times with Apple? It is, and what they're doing now is working on a 10.9.1 to fix all the lingering stuff. I, there right. was a interesting piece. It's getting more serious attention. I think the Wall Street Journal was saying that Apple is working on the gigantic iPad. What, 12 or 13 inches? Is that wouldn't viable? That be, wouldn't that be something? Well, suddenly here... It's moving into desktop territory. So if you had a choice of a MacBook Air, would you buy an iPad with the same screen size? I guess it depends on what the uh, the, the cost difference was. You know, I mean, I wouldn't have any compelling reason to buy a larger um, 
tablet, but I certainly understand that some people might be interested, much in the same way that I was talking before um, about large form factor phones. You know, I, I don't necessarily see much of a market for it among myself or among the people that, 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 that I know who use these devices, but I understand why there might be. You know, or maybe people just want to parrot what Fox News is doing with their giant Windows displays now. According to Daniel Aaron Dilger of Roughly Drafted Magazine and Apple Insider, Microsoft sells those things for something like over $7,000, and they provide the same resolution as a standard high-definition TV, which means less than the 9.7-inch iPad. So you kind of look at, is this what you want for a touchscreen? It displays just four tweets at a time? Well, you know, it looks great on TV. Rupert Murdoch has the money, but I think he wasted it. Well, that's what a lot of people said about his foray into um, iPad newspaper, too. And look what happened there. Exactly. Who remembers it? Well, you know, maybe it could have worked. I mean, if... An executive throws money at something long enough and has some decently talented people. It could work. I mean, Microsoft went after Windows year after year before they built a usable operating system. And without any personal comments, let's face it, Fox News, by putting all the energy and money into Fox News, he made it successful financially and with ratings. You can argue about the political leanings and everything. But financially, it became successful, but not overnight. They had to spend a lot of years to push that thing. Yeah, that is true. No, absolutely. And I subscribed to The Daily for its entire run. I liked it, you know, but I understood also that it wasn't, you know, more often than not was not the most hard-hitting journalism. But every so often, you would get a piece in The Daily that was meticulously researched, very well reported, with beautiful photography, excellent layout, and it just kind of struck on all levels. Um, and it was a good example of how you could do publishing on the iPad and really kind of differentiate it from um, uh, from a print product. And let's face it, you know, there, there are some... Um, uh, uh, publications out there that have made a big success of being on the iPad. Not everybody is able to do it, but those who, who have been able to do it have, have done it very well. I think a long and short of it is, does Apple ultimately plan to move more and more away from Macs and make the iPad the standard notebook replacement? No, I don't think so. I, you know, people don't use iPads for the same reason that they use laptops. Um, I, I think that, that um, iPads will remain complementary um, to the Mac line uh, for as far as I can see anyway. So what would this larger iPad be used for? Professionals, like movie editors, I can see on location this would be great if it could support the kind of software they need. Well, graphic designers and sure. artists, you know, obviously, um, musicians, I'm sure, would love a large iPad. Uh, I think a lot of people in creative industries um, would, would like a larger tablet. I mean, you know, um, Wacom, for example, um, you know, has a very thriving business with its um, uh, with with its tablets that integrate a, a display right into. The tablet itself. So no reason to think that, that Apple couldn't muscle into that market a little bit. We have one more segment to come with Peter Cohen. 
I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. It's time for a home security quiz. What effective home security device is smaller than a coffee cup, fakes out burglars into thinking someone is home at your house while you're away, plugs into any wall outlet, is recommended by many police departments, and sells for less than $30? Yes, it's fake TV. This year, about one in every 50 U.S. homes will have a break-in, with burglars usually picking the easy target, a dark house that looks like no one is home. Fake TV is a small electronic security device that makes it look like someone is home watching TV by simulating the light from a real TV. Fake TV could be the difference between coming home to a secure house or one that's been ransacked. To get your fake TV for only $29.95 with free shipping, go to faketv.com or call 1-877-5-FAKE-TV. That's 877-532-5388 or go to faketv.com. Fake TV, the burglar deterrent. Don't answer it! How can I stop these annoying collection calls? Imagine being free from your debt without settling and with no payment plan, no negotiating or filing bankruptcy, and no attorneys. What if you could eliminate the risk from all your unsecured debt in about 90 days and keep all your money? You can. It's called Zero Debt Guarantee, and it works. There's no other program of its kind on the planet, and we guarantee the results in writing. Call now, 800-477-9256. Let our team of experts provide you with resources to fight back, stop collection calls, and prevent and stop wage garnishments and bank levies. If you're facing foreclosure, we can help. Don't go it alone. Get free information now by calling 800-477-9256. Talk to an expert who has also completed our program. Call 800-477-9256 for free info or go to ZeroDebtGuarantee.com. That's 800-477-9256 or go to ZeroDebtGuarantee.com. Pharmacist Ben Fuchs has learned the importance of good fats for good health. Good fats are essential fatty acids, and they're called essential because they're necessary for good health. That's why he uses Ultimate EFAs from Longevity. Among the fats, the most powerful are two fats that are referred to as essential fatty acids. Now, nothing in the world of nutrition is more important than essential fatty fatty acids. The word essential means you better get it in your diet or you're in big trouble. Essential fatty acids are perhaps the most multifunctional and versatile of all 
the essential nutrients. Essential fatty acids are not just important for the heart. They're important for everything in the body. To get the essential fatty acids that are so important to your body, order Ultimate EFAs from Longevity by calling 866-735-2470. That's 866-735-2470. Or on the web at brightsidebin.com. That's brightsidebin.com. Order today. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. With Peter Cohen, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. We did have a very strange problem in our previous segment, you don't notice it, of course, but I notice it, where suddenly the USB on my late 2009 iMac died. So the keyboard didn't work. So the mic, which is using the Griffin iMic interface from our mixer, didn't work. No USB worked. My solution was to shut the whole thing down. I don't think I've shut down this computer in months. So I shut it down, let it sit for a while, turn it back up, and we're back to normal, I hope. Do you think Apple's going to have any surprise products out this year, Peter? No, I don't think so. I think that um, uh, everything that Apple's doing in 2013 is is iterative. Um, I, I don't see any uh, any any new uh, technology uh, this year that that's going to make us all um, lose our minds. The critics won't be satisfied. The critics are never satisfied. So no matter what Apple would do. It would make them happy anyway. As long as people keep buying this stuff, who cares what the critics say? What about TVs and stuff like that? I am not convinced that Apple is ever going to have um, a TV product because um, the TV market, is, as we've discussed um, on, on other shows, Gene, is a commodity-driven market. It is increasingly dominated by companies that work on ever smaller margins that are able to produce huge quantities of product. And that is not an area where Apple can compete in. I do think that Apple is going to continue to develop the Apple TV. Um, and I think that the Apple TV is a very cool product and, and has a long way to go um, before um, it, it, it hits the end of the road. Um, but, uh, you know, Apple TV seems to be uh, the bet that Apple is making as far as television is concerned, although it remains an area of intense interest um, uh, from Tim Cook's perspective. So that's something. Yes, yeah, also they have a grand vision. You know that, right? It's not well, just sure. intense interest, but a grand vision. A grand vision means everything. Absolutely. Well, I have to look at that. What about watches? There was a prediction from somebody saying, Apple could sell 10 million iWatches. And I thought, to Apple, that's nothing. It's a drop in the bucket. That would be a big failure. Well, maybe, maybe not. You know, Apple uh, considered the Apple TV uh, as a hobby for a long time until it kind of picked up speed and, and actually went somewhere. Um, you know, the, the, uh, the idea of a wearable is interesting, but uh, it would have to do something more than what we've seen wearables do so far. You know, Galaxy, Samsung introduced this Galaxy Gear device that um, is a watch that, that uh, complements its Note. And um, I, uh, 
have really been scratching my head about it because it doesn't really seem to be doing a lot that the note doesn't already do. It just does it on your wrist instead of in your pocket. It's basically an, a wireless extension cord with a oversized watch attached. Now, obviously, looking at Samsung as you know a, a, a source for innovation is probably a mistake on my part. But my point is, uh, this device, the the, the Pebble um, uh, device that that raised money on Kickstarter and is now available, um, I'm not satisfied that any of these devices really. Um, have a good reason for existing, or at least a good reason for me to get them. Um, I don't consider it a big inconvenience for me to take my phone out of my pocket and look at it if I want to, let's say, tell the time or see who just messaged me. Um, From my perspective, an Apple Watch would have to do something fundamentally different, and it would have to provide me with some tangible benefit that I'm not getting out of my existing devices. Um, and, you know, some people have said, well, what if it were more like a Fitbit, for example, or um, uh, something like that, that would, you know, uh, record telemetry for how much you walked and how much you exercised and what your heart rate was and all this other stuff. Well, I've got an iPhone 5S that's got the M7 processor built into it. So I'm assuming that the iPhone 5S can do a lot of that stuff, too. Uh, maybe not with the same degree of sophistication that a Fitbit or something like a Fitbit could do, but um, it might be able to get me by in a pinch. Furthermore, it just is not an area of of really of that um, that much interest to me. I don't need something on my wrist waking me up in the morning and telling me if I've slept well the night before. I think that's pretty obvious when I wake up as to whether or not I've slept well. Well, um, of course, you could be dead. You wouldn't know it. That's right. You could be dead, and I guess then it would be handy to have a device tell me when I'm dead. And, of course, then we can have you on our other show. That's right. The Paracast, you see. That's right. I'd be Paracoin. The Sound of Silence. Listen, you know, I'm different than you. I have a wristwatch. From the time I was 10 or 11 years old, I had to have a wristwatch. Always kind of a slightly fancy one with extra dials that sometimes do things. And that's the way I do it. So maybe I would be a customer for an iWatch, but I would think if Apple is going to do it, it should not be a companion device except optionally it has to work by itself. And that might be a stretch. It has to do everything by itself. And that's the thing. I mean, you know, if you take a look at the way that Apple products work, you know, they they all – none of them provide a diminished experience compared to any other product in, in the line. It's just, it's, it's a different experience. So you've got the iPod mini, iPad mini, you can do everything the full-sized iPad can do. You've got, you know, the iPhone 5 and 5C, they're fundamentally the same device. They run the same software. The 5S has some additional features. Um, the MacBook Air, MacBook Pro, uh, Mac mini, uh, iMac and Mac Pro, it's all the same story, you know. It's it, you, whether you get it, we'll spend six hundred bucks on a Mac Mini or twenty eight hundred bucks on a MacBook Pro with Retina display that's completely murdered out. You get something that can run the same software. It's just a question of how good it's going to run that software. So, an iWatch is a fundamentally different device, you know, or an Apple Watch is it would be a fundamentally different device. And uh, like I said, I I, I just c- can't see what it would do that would make me so compelled to want to get one. And this is one of those cases where Apple could really hit it out of the park by giving me an experience that I was totally not expecting and that was something that I never knew that I needed. 
And this is what Apple is really good at. And I think that that's why a lot of pundits think Apple's going to get got to do a watch. It's got to do a wearable because Google has a wearable and Samsung has a wearable and all these other companies have wearables and Apple's got to compete in this market. Well, Apple compete in the market if it can find a good reason to compete in the market. It's not going to comp compete in the market just to have a place at the table. I I'll be really interested to see what Apple does with it. But right now, I'm skeptical because I can't think of a single damn thing that I would need to have on my wrist. I haven't worn a watch in years ever since I started using a laptop, and I don't plan to go back to one anytime soon. That's the big issue Apple has to face. It's not just entering a market, but entering a market where there is a potential demand if they find the right solution. In terms of watches, there may be no solution. It may be something that some people wear watches, and a lot of people don't, and that's it. And unless Apple can change their minds and sell 100 million iWatches in a year or two, they're not going to do it, no matter what. You were mentioning before that the TV market is saturated. It appears as of next year, Panasonic will exit the plasma TV business. And this is very sad because the best plasmas, among the best plasmas out there, are made by Panasonic, and they can't make a go of it. So why should somebody enter that market? It's so saturated. Well, I don't think Apple would do a plasma set specifically, but I completely agree with what you're saying, Gene. And that, that goes to my point. It's a very crowded market. It's not something that, that Apple will be able to differentiate itself in. And I don't think that it's a market where Apple would, would come with a premium priced product and do well in. And I think that they know that, and that's why they don't have one right now. Peter Cohen, where do we find more of the stuff you do? imore.com and at loopinsight.com and occasionally elsewhere as well. And you can also find me on Twitter at Flarg, F-L-A-R-G-H. And we won't even try to go back and explain what that means. No. No, because it's something that requires a need to know and NSA approval. I could tell you, but I'd have to kill you. You could also find us on Twitter where we're known as Tech Night Owl. We're Tech Night Owl at Twitter. You can also go to technighthowl.com or check our forums at forum.technighthowl.com and we have that other radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night where we might try to resurrect someone from the other side, but don't bet on it. At paracast.com, once again, you find us at paracast.com. Here on the Tech Night Owl Live, Peter Cohen, thanks for joining us on the show. Thanks for having me, Gene. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. <laughs>